Welcome, we are back, and this is uh, number six. We've made it, uh, what, a, a month and a half now. How are you doing today, Pastor Glenda? I'm doing fine. How about you, Misty? Pretty good. You know, what's interesting is last week when we did our discussion on faith, uh, <laughs> one of the discussion forums that I'm on, I mentioned that the purpose of this podcast was to help people during these difficult end times and I had someone respond back say end times question <laughs> mark so I think we maybe need to have a little bit of discussion this week on on just that topic the end times so our question is how do we prepare for the Lord's coming and we're talking about the second coming when Jesus comes for his bride, the church. Amen? Amen. And this is talking about the end times. All right. So let's, before we get started today, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to deliver your word to your children, Lord. And we just pray that ears will be opened and minds will be ready to receive, Lord, and that our lanterns will be filled with the oil. Yes so that we can be ready, we can be prepared, and we can be confident that you are coming to get us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Nothing else matters. So we're going to be talking very specifically today about the scripture in um, the parable in Matthew 25, 1 through 13. And I'm just going to go over it kind of summarize it although if you have your bible by all means pause this and sit down and read it for yourself but this is the parable that jesus gave of the ten virgins and there were ten of them and they all were waiting for the bridegroom and initially they all had oil for their lamps but as they were waiting for the bridegroom uh, they all went to sleep and then at some point in the night, um, there was a shout that the bridegroom was coming. Well, five of them were foolish and did not bring extra oil for their lanterns. And five were wise, and of course they had extra oil. So at that point, the five foolish tried to get oil from the five wise, but they were told they couldn't do that. And they would have to go and get more oil for themselves. For themselves, unfortunately, while they were getting the oil and returning, the five uh, wise virgins were there when the groom, uh, the bridegroom, showed up, and they joined the wedding party, and they went on with him. And the door was locked. And the door was locked. And then when the five foolish returned, they could not get in. Because they had missed the opportunity. And they're crying, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. And what did he say back to them? Believe me, I don't even know you. Exactly. And so today, we're going to be talking about 
two outcomes here. Mm. You have the five foolish virgins who heard, I don't didn't even know you. And then you've got five that were prepared, that mm-hmm. had their lanterns filled. And they were the ones that probably heard, good job, my well and faithful servant. That's right. Know. Okay. But, you know, let's just go on and compare the two. All right. Why don't you why don't you start us off? Both groups, like Misty said, were waiting for the bridegroom. Both groups had lamps with oil in them, and both became tired and fell asleep. So before we go any further, what does that mean? Um, both were waiting for the bridegroom. So are we talking about believers and yes, non-believers here, or are we just talk? Were they all believers? They were all believers. They were all believers. A lot of people misunderstand this as being believers and non-believers. That's not true. They were all waiting. Yes, all believers. They were all knew of the second coming. They all, at some point, had oil in their lamps. But the problem is, is that some were prepared. Some weren't. And some weren't. Well, let's talk about the ones that were prepared, the wise women. Go ahead. They took extra, an extra supply of oil. They were ready for the coming of the bridegroom. They went into the feast with the bridegroom with them. Exactly. And that's the key word there. They had extra. And they were ready. They were ready. Prepared. A lot of times when we're dealing with Christians today, we're talking about Christians that some oil in their lamp, but they're not operating in the fullness of Christ. Well, and that's to talk about the foolish ones. Go ahead. People who know about Jesus. Right. There you go. I just said it. Right. What you just said out of your mouth. Well, you know, Misty, but I spend five minutes with him in the morning. Yeah. I might spend 30 minutes with him in the morning, Misty. Ain't that good enough? It's really got nothing to do. People tend tend to try to assign a, oh, I do X amount of Bible study, as if you're doing God a favor by doing Bible study. You're not doing him a favor. He already knows the Bible. What you're doing is you're trying to bring yourself more into a, a revelation of his word, in a relationship with him, but a relationship isn't five minutes or a pre-designated time in the morning. Yes, morning. It's all day long. It's all day long. It's like yes. I'll stop midday and just <laughs> say something to the Lord. Amen. I mean, it's a full-time, 24-hour, seven-day-a-week relationship you have with him. I mean, let's let's take it a step further. Let's say you and I, every morning at 8 o'clock, I called you and spoke to you for five minutes. <laughs> not the rest of the day? Not the rest of the day. Uh, oh, I don't think we would have much of a relationship. No, we would not have much of a relationship. If I didn't spend any more time with you than that and you with me, and, no. We no. wouldn't know each other. No. We certainly wouldn't tr- have a trusting relationship. I wouldn't with trust you no farther than I could see you. <laughs> exactly. Amen. All right. All right. Uh, they pe- go to church. They go to church. Yes. We're talking about we're talking about appearance sake now. We're talking about yeah. believers who go to church and they can have their Jesus bumper sticker and all this. come in in their Sunday best. Yes, but, but it's, it's all for an appearance. It's an appearance. So go, yes. you go ahead, mom. 
And they're all right. They're not serious in their relationship with the Lord. Amen. Amen. What have I been saying the past five? Yes. <laughs> the past they five are religious. <laughs> they are religious. Yes. What did Jesus say about the religious people in the Bible? Right, and it's called a spirit of legalism, and it's all about what I can do to make myself appear to be. Religious, religious, up, you know, in the upper echelon. Right. You know, as if people are judging me based on my appearances. Jesus wanted nothing to do with the religious. God doesn't judge us based on our our appearances. He judges us based on what's in our hearts. They're still in control of their own lives. Amen. That's the problem. It's all about what they want and not what God wants. There's no surrender. Haven't accepted Jesus as their Savior. And the truth being, unless there's fruit, Bible says, Jesus said, you will know them by their fruit. If you're not seeing any fruit, probably they never got saved well, to begin with. We talked about this a few weeks ago about people who uh, get saved, come to church, but they're not really changing. No. The, the Holy Spirit's not able to Something's operate on wrong. them. Something's very wrong. They're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. The minute you get saved, you get filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Right. You should be hearing God. He said, my sheep hear my voice. Yeah. Again, here it is. No fruit in their lives is evidence of any Christianity. Amen? Right. Will not be ready when Jesus comes again or when they die. They will not be. They are, we're talking about the foolish ones here, the right. foolish virgins that weren't ready. And they're going to be the ones that hear him say, I never knew you. Right. And we're talking, basically, in a nutshell, we're talking about the Sunday Christian. Uh, you know, the, the rest of the week... Well, the Bible calls them also the lukewarm. The Christian, lukewarm. The carnal Christian. Well, we're in the church of, what is it? Um, oh, no, I can't think of it. <laughs> the last the last of the churches, which means lukewarm. Uh, Laodicea. Yes. And that's what this is. It's the lukewarm Christian. It's the Christian who's not only a Christian as far as appearances go, but there's no transformation. God isn't living inside of them. You're not producing fruit from that indwelling spirit. And like you said, it's because they haven't surrendered to God. Exactly. So let's talk about the wise women. And I'll, I'll go through these. There are people that live for the Lord. Amen. There are people that live for love the Lord. Love him, love him. That love the Lord and attend to the word of the Lord. Yes. And when they feel like God is directing them to do something, they do it. Yes. Um, they and they do it all the way, not just part. And they spend time in prayer and Bible study, and this isn't like an assigned period of time. And they enjoy doing it. Right. But they don't do it to earn brownie points. No. Because you're, you're not scoring any points with God. <laughs> you know, some people say, well, I, I spend an hour in prayer every morning. Well, good for you. Mm -hmm. That's tr truly meaningful, deep prayer. They're wonderful. But a lot of times it's just... Lip service. Yes. Saying the same prayers over and over. Mm -hmm. You know, if I was God 
And all I heard was you just saying, repeating the same prayers over and over to me. Well, when I start to think, okay, you're just doing this. You're, <laughs> you're just on repeat. Yeah, you're just on repeat. Exactly. Well, and that's why I try to discourage people from too much, and I call it pomp and circumstance, in their prayer. It's, it, you know, it, I can't really demonstrate it if it's like, it's just this big ordeal. It should come from your heart. Yeah, and uh, if they do pray, like you say, it's just a regurgitation. Yes. Of the same. You you know when prayer is led by the Spirit. Yes, you can know it. You I mean, just, you could just know feel it. it. You not only know it, you feel it. Like Misty's saying, there's something there, something you know just happened. I mean, there have been times I've prayed which were just prayer. And then there have been times I pray where the Spirit just took over. Yes. And that's that's the kind of prayer that you we're talking about. The presence of God had entered the room. Right. Um, they're obedient. They, affile, they follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit, which we talked about. They will be ready when Jesus comes and will go in and join the feast. Whoa. Amen. Glory Amen. to God. That's going to be me. That's going to be me too, Misty. <laughs> Uh, we'll hear, well done, my good and faithful yes, servant, yes. which is in Matthew twenty five twenty one. if anybody would like that scripture. So the whole point of this is talking about the lamp and the oil. And, you know, as a lamp, we're supposed to be the light of the world. Right. There it is. What Really, what does that mean, to be the light of the world? It means you're supposed to demonstrate. Yes, be an example You're supposed to, lead, to be the, the leading light mm -hmm. that brings people, not Jesus. just to Jesus, but demonstrates a true Christ-like behavior. Behavior, exactly. Yeah, the fruit's there. It, it's he just, is coming again. Mm -hmm. And we need plenty of oil in our lamps. But the lamp basically here is like a symbol of understanding and through Scripture. So now let's move on. If you want to take the next part, Mom. The oil? What is the oil? We need to know what that oil is, Misty. It's God's grace. Mm -hmm. It's a walk with Him all day long. It's operating willingly and obediently unto His Word. Right. It's a close, intimate relationship with him. Mm -hmm. It's knowing his word. And we're always going to be learning his word. I mean, every day, ask the Holy Spirit, teach me more. Guide me, Holy Spirit. Yes. You're basically, you're constantly seeking the presence. Yes. The guidance of the Holy Spirit. And it represents... Oil represents spiritual maturity. Amen. And stability. If you are, what, just to, just to take a moment, let's explain the difference between spiritually immature and spiritually mature. <laughs> a spiritually mature person knows the word. Yes. They know how to stand on the word. Yes. They know the promises of God. Mm. It's just like when Jesus was tempted by the devil. He took him up and said, you know, jump off here and the father will send the angels. He and, tried to, tr Satan tried you know, to trip him up and And, and he was him. constantly using the word Word against Jesus. But Jesus. Jesus then had to correct him 
with that and say, no, yeah. this is what it also this says. This is what the Word says. If you don't have that maturity yes. in understanding the Word, then right away you, you're lacking, that's not spiritual and, maturity. You know, it's a little, you have to have discernment, you mm-hmm. know, discerning of spirits operating in your life to know that which is real and of God and that which he's not. And something the Lord just gave me, a big difference between spiritually mature and immature is discipline. Yes. Um, you are disciplined into, you were constantly supposed to be slaying the flesh. The flesh is always rising up, tempting us to do things that we know are not of God. Yes. And a, a spiritually disciplined person uh, is mature enough to say, no, right. I'm not going to do that. It doesn't believe, matter how good it makes yeah. me feel. Uh, it doesn't, if this person's getting on my nerves, they're being hateful to me, it would make me have all kind of good feelings to go up to them and tell them what I think. A spiritually mature person will say, no. That's disobedient to the to the word of God. Well, what's the word say? Love your enemies. Amen. Amen. Pray for them. But I think also what's involved in that is uh, you need to be organized. Mm-hmm. You need to have an organized life. And God can't use somebody that's over here one way and over here another way, doesn't do this, doesn't do that. Well, guess, Always in a mess, can't find nothing. They're in, you know, they're in disarray all the time. God is a God of order. Yes, He is. There is the key word. He is the God of order. And if your life is chaotic, chaos, and I'm yeah. not saying that your life order. is going to be in perfect order. No, nobody's is. No. Okay, but if your life is chaos from the from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, there's no peace. There's no order. There's you know, there's no uh, the hop, the Holy Spirit can't operate no, in that. No, cannot. He cannot. You know, it doesn't matter how much God loves you; He can't affect that because you're making choices. Well, if you demonstrate it in your own personal life, why would He use it, use you for the spiritual things exactly that are important? All right, and it, it's really important, and we're, we're not going to linger here, but it's we're supposed to be keeping watch. Yes. We're supposed to be prepared. Um, we're supposed to, the Bible tells us what are the signs of the end time, and this that's a discussion for a different day, I know. But if you are knowledgeable of the word of God, you would know that we are indeed in I don't the, think you have to be a rocket scientist to know there's a lot going on in this world that's not making sense even to the non-believer now. Mm-hmm. And they have to be questioning what's going on. And if you're hearing me out there and you're a non-believer, I would strongly advise you to pick up the Word of God and just read. Just start reading it. And ask the Holy Spirit, the Lord, to come into your life. Amen? Mm-hmm. But also... Ask the Holy Spirit to make the Word of God come to life for you, that you can understand it. Even if you could just start listening to some good pastors and things like that. I mean, sometimes the Bible can be overwhelming for a new believer, and that's something that we can answer a question, how to get started as a new believer. Maybe that's something that we'll do here in the near future. But, Misty, there's not much time. No, there is not much time. 
So why couldn't the the foolish get oil from the wise? I mean, that's a that's a good question. Well, some believe it was because uh, they didn't want to give them their oil because they had wasted their time. Why should we give you our oil if you didn't bother trying to get uh, take the time to do what you needed to do? And some people believe that's the answer to that. Well, it could be in part a little bit, you know. Really, truly, it could be. But the truth was, what, Misty? Well, the truth is, is that only you can fill your own right. lamp with oil. Someone else can't give you spiritual maturity. Someone else can't give you obedience can't to God. For you. They can't prepare and, and uh, by studying the word for you. No, It's just like you can't assure somebody else's salvation. You can't right. intercede on behalf of, of a non-believer and get them salvation. Why is that? Because it's a choice they have to make. They have to make it. Nobody else can do it for them. And so many believers are hanging on the skirt tails of somebody else who's more mature, who does trust God, follow God, and every, you know doing what they know to do that is right. And you've got a lot of believers hanging on to them and not doing it with themselves. Well, as soon as someone, a lot of times, and uh, someone who's new or someone who has been, a, I've known immature Christians who have been Christians for 30 years. Uh, as soon as they understand that someone else hears from God, all of a sudden that person will constantly, oh, sister, I need you to pray for me yes. and let me know what God says. You know, there's nothing wrong with other people in, with in divine intercession. As a matter of fact, that's a good thing. And we should all stand together, as Jesus told us in the Bible. However, you cannot rely on somebody else to hear God for you. To do your praying. You know, you need to get where you need to be. And if you don't know how to hear the voice of God, listen to last week's podcast where we talked about that very subject how do i hear the voice of god all right so let's wrap this up today a little bit with how can we fill the oil in other words how can we fill ourselves up so that we know with confidence that we are prepared and that we will be hearing well done, my good and faithful servant. So that we don't have to be someone who's sitting in my, is God going to take me? Is he not going to take me? Do I need to worry? You know, these are some things that you can do according to the word of God that will provide you confidence and assurance. Amen. Can I say something here, Mr. Sure. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit brought this back to my remembrance. And I believe it's supposed to go out today for the unbelievers. The Lord showed me heaven and he showed me hell. I'm not going to talk about heaven, but I'm going to talk about hell and what he showed me. All at once I was coming down a row of buildings and three rabbis were coming up to me. And when they got right beside me, I fell to the ground. I was uh, travailing. But all at once, suddenly I wasn't in that place no more. I was in a dark, dark, dark place. And I was totally by myself in it. 
I could see nothing. But then all at once, these little flames started appearing everywhere. And still I could see nobody or nothing. All I could see was the flames. And then I started hearing these voices, people screaming. And I thought, oh my gosh. That's all I could hear was these people screaming, but I couldn't see still nothing. I began to scream. And I started screaming and screaming and screaming so much that a knot came up in my throat. And I knew if I screamed one more time, that knot was going to burst in my throat. I opened my mouth to start screaming. And all at once, up in the corner, in front of me, came this white dove started bringing down this white sheet in front of me and a peace suddenly come all over me I knew God had showed me hell what hell was and what hell it will be to anybody and anyone who chooses to go there you will be in total isolation number one you will not be able to see nobody be with nobody but you will hear people you will hear the screams of people who are down there. And it will be so frightening to you. Like you have never known fear. And this is where you will spend eternity. Oh my, who would want that? Except Jesus as your Savior and Lord now. Because we're running out of time. Receive him him and receive the Holy Spirit allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life and to make Jesus Lord of your life surrender all of your life to him amen, amen. like it says we need to love one another his word says and mean it do good deeds for people you have time for all of this if you do not know him you have time to know him. Amen? But study, obey the word of God. Read the word and let the Holy Spirit bring it to the light to you. Bring life to it. To you. He says study and show yourself approved. Amen. Absolutely. And just as a reminder, I think I mentioned this in the very first episode, but Pastor Glenda operates in the prophetic. So... You know, it's an amazing gift of the Lord. Share the good news about Jesus, you believers. And do not forget and forsake the assembling of the brethren now. Amen. We are strong when we come together. Yeah. We, we are a powerhouse when we come together. Amen? Amen. All right, well, let's talk about how we make sure how I'm going to just say instead of say how do we have enough oil I'm going to say how do we prepare mm. how do we be a Christian prepper <laughs> amen that's a good one I like that Misty you know you've heard of preppers uh-huh. you know that have stockpiles of food and water how can we stockpile for, for prepper, in preparation for Jesus all right. Uh, first of all, we have to, like Pastor Glenda just said, we have to accept Jesus as our Savior and Lord. 
And we have to receive the Holy Spirit. That's just step one. You know, nothing else matters if that hasn't been accomplished. If that hasn't been accomplished, yeah. Um, we have to be under control of the Holy Spirit. That's from Galatians 5, 16 through 23. It means that we have yielded control. Yes. Um, you know, there's a, a saying, we, we mentioned this a few weeks ago, as a matter of fact, that if you're having problems in, well, I've, I've heard this before too, that if you have problems in your life in any area, it's the result of an unmet need that you have not surrendered to God. So just think about that for a minute. We have to love one another. And that's a lot of, there's a lot of hate in this world right now. Yes, there is, Misty. Entirely more hate than love, it seems. Yeah, and it has to be more than just words. You, know, going you have to mean it. You have to mean it. And there has to be, and you know, love is, is demonstrated. It's not just speaking, I love you. You have to do good deeds, like Hebrew thirteen sixteen says. You have to be a doer of good. You have to, as another way of demonstrating your love. Well, you've got to be a light for the world. Mm-hmm. You have to study and obey the word of God. Like I said, you're, we're supposed to be a light for people. Well, they will see the good that you do, and they will want what you want, have. Amen. Yep, and if you want to learn more about that, that's in Psalms one nineteen, one thirty. And then uh, here's a here's one joy. <laughs> a lot of people overlook joy, but we need to have some joy in our heart. We need to have prayer, and we need to have uh, thankfulness, and uh, we need to be willing to share the good news about Jesus. That's that's a big one. You know, what mom and I are doing right here is sharing the good news about Jesus. Yes. My last tip here is to is the gathering of the assembly. Iron, the word says, iron, iron sharpens, sharpens iron. iron. Woo! Exactly. Amen. And I'm going to say, it's not just the assembly of your church. It's my, be con- thoughtful about the assembly of anybody in your life yes because just as iron sharpens iron christians will sharpen christians surrounding yourself with people who don't believe in christ i'm not saying don't help those people i'm not saying don't try to bring people to god but if you're around a a lot of foul language a lot of bad behavior you know, the, the Bible says that we're supposed to guard our eyes and ears. Yes, by all means. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So well, here's the thing, too. Somebody that's just sitting watching TV all day or, or staying on the Internet all day, are they going to be prepared? Tell me, are they truly going to be prepared mm-hmm. for the Lord's return? I mean, I think the Lord wants us all to have enjoyment. Yes. Um, there's balance. a balance to yes. it. Yes, there's a balance to it. All right. Well, um, I think that pretty much covers this topic this week. I want to encourage everybody who's listening, that's still listening. Thank you very much for yes. listening all the way to the end. Thank Amen. You. But if you are listening, uh, please consider sending us your questions because we desperately need more question ideas. 
Also, if you have anything that you'd like to add, if there's something that we have forgotten, down in the description for this podcast, you'll see a link to the blog post. Chime in. And you can go right on there and comment. Please comment. And if you haven't followed this um, podcast, please do follow it. It's just something that helps us get the word out to other believers. All right, well, have a blessed week, and be safe with all of the crazy weather going on. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye.